So this morning, I'd, I'd like to start off by, by, by making a statement, and it's, it's a bit open-ended, and the, the intent of it is for, for us individually to, to finish the statement. Is that okay? He, well, you don't know if it's okay yet or not, because I haven't said the statement, have I? Uh, so trust me in this one. Um, here's the statement. The statement that I want to make this morning is, my relationship with... And then you can finish the sentence for yourself. My relationship with. What comes to mind when we say my relationship with? Now, being Mother's Day, you may be going, well, it's obvious. You know, my relationship with my mom. Or maybe it's not that obvious. Maybe for you, it's my relationship with my spouse. My relationship with my children. My relationship with my parents, my relationship with my colleagues, uh, my relationship with my friends. But all of us would, would, would finish that sentence in, in, in a similar way. Like that. Hopefully it's not like my relationship with pizza. Hopefully it's a bit deeper than, than that. But, but the reason why we'd, we'd finish a sentence like that is because at our core we're relational. It's how we were created. Because at God's core, He's relational. And because He's relational, and we are made in His image, it also says that He created us for relationship with Him. Does it not? So when we say relationship, what, what, do, we, what do we really mean? I went and, and, and looked up what what the clever people say relationship means, and it's this. It means the connection between two or more people or entities. So it, it talks about a connection. It talks about us relating toward. It, it, it talks about interacting with each other. It talks about the way that we behave towards each other. Now, I'd like to make a statement, and it's, it's a pretty important statement for the purposes of this morning, but it's also a pretty important statement for our lives, and, and it's this. It's that life is built with and through relationships. Life is built with and through relationships. Consider what we've just said. If you just consider your work environment, how important the relationships within your work environment are to the success of your job. Consider the fact that there are certain relationships at work that if that person doesn't do their job, it's really tough for you to do your job. Or if you don't do your job, you're kind of really messing it up for a couple of other people. Anyone have that going on at work? Maybe you're absolutely oblivious to what I'm saying and everyone at work is freaking out. Cons consider, your, consider your home life. That how important the relationships at home are and what they speak into our lives and what our lives speak into our loved ones' lives and, and, and those relationships. And, and ultimately, our lives are, are all built on these relationships. So today, it would be obvious for me to head down that road and, and say, okay, we're going to speak about my relationship with my mom because it's Mother's Day or any of these others. 
But this morning, I'd like to take a slightly different approach. This morning, I'd like to speak about my relationship with truth. My relationship with truth. But before we speak about my relationship with with truth, we need to ask, okay, so, well, then what is truth? If we're going to use the word, what, what is truth? Because we live in a society, let's be honest, where the word truth is thrown around quite freely. And, and we hear statements like this, you know, well, that's your truth. That's not my truth. Or that's true for you, but that's not true for me. And, and we, we, we start to treat truth as relative meaning that it's just comparative like like there's more than one and we can compare all of them to each other <laughs> well if if that's the truth then then let's define truth again went back to the dictionary what is truth truth is this truth is fact truth is reality truth is a real event well if truth is fact and if truth is reality then there aren't several that we can compare to each other. There's truth. Make sense? Based on our definition, truth isn't relative. Truth is absolute. And we need to establish what that truth is in our lives. Today I'd like to suggest to you that there is an absolute truth that is functioning in our lives day in and day out. Whether we're aware of it or not, or whether we agree to it or not. So, the guy who's probably the closest to Jesus, a guy by the name of John, uh, he was pretty much regarded as Jesus' best friend. Um, even when he wrote about himself, he didn't say John. He said the disciple that Jesus loved. Nowhere in the book of John will he say, and John went to, it will say, and the disciple that Jesus loved went to. That's how he referred to himself. Why? Because he was the closest with Jesus. He had, he had a really close relationship with Jesus. Here's what he said. He, he starts off his gospel as an old man. Uh, he writes his account of 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 his time spent with Jesus. And, and he, he writes this. In, in John 1, he starts off the gospel that he wrote in these words. He says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then in verse 14, he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. There, there he starts showing us that who he's actually talking about is Jesus. That right there he's talking about Jesus and, and that Jesus was God made flesh here on earth. And at the end of verse 14 he says that Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. Then in verse 17, he goes on to say that Jesus is the source of grace and truth. So, looking at the words of John, 
him saying that that ultimately Jesus was full of truth and then going on to say that he was the source of truth. I believe that it is safe for us to look at the words of a trusted man. Why can we say that he's a trusted man? Well, he's not giving us his opinion. He's not giving us a theory. He's giving us an eyewitness account. He spent time with Jesus. He didn't just spend a bit of time with Jesus. He spent a lot of time with Jesus. He did life with Jesus. And as he did life with Jesus, he saw Jesus in Jesus' best moments. And he saw Jesus in his worst moments. When all the other disciples ran away, we find John still standing at the foot of the cross holding Jesus' mother. Jesus' worst moment, John standing right there. And having witnessed the life of Jesus through the good and through the exceptionally rough. John comes to the conclusion that this life that I witnessed, this life that I engaged with, this Jesus is truth. Jesus himself went on in, in John chapter um, 14, in verse 6, he said, he said, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said about himself. So all that Jesus did, all that Jesus said, all that Jesus is, I believe it's exceptionally safe for us today to say that Jesus is absolute truth. So remember right at the, at the start of, of, of the message this morning, we, we made a statement and, and it was this, life is built with and through relationships. Life is built with and through relationships. Consider your life. Have, have a, if, if we had to look at life and, and you had to take your own life and say, I'm going to envision my life as a house, the structure of a house. The structure of my life is the structure of a house. Um, so my life is made up of all these different bricks and door frames and doors and windows and roof and, and the whole trip. Then this morning, as we talk about, about these relationships that, that our life is built with, then we can literally look at each brick as a, a relationship that's going on in our lives. Superimpose the names of all the different people that you have relationship with on a brick in each of these bricks in this house. So if, if these relationships make up that structure, then, then I think there's a, an even bigger question. What is, what is this built on? What is the foundation that these relationships, that this structure, that this house is actually built on? Are we just just carelessly building, just kind of randomly throwing bricks down and kind of hoping for the best? Or have we given this a bit of thought and, and laid a foundation and, and, and building on something solid? As we've spoken about truth this morning, folks, I believe that if, we, if we're building on anything but truth, 
we're really setting ourselves up for failure down the road. Our foundation has to be truth. For me, it's interesting that if you go and look at the original, in the original uh, word when it comes to truth, if you, if you look at its, its original use, there's a connection to the word stability, stable. And if we are building, we want to build on something stable, don't we? Jesus speaks into this. Jesus speaks into this in, in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, he, he says this. He says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Everyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. If I could put it this way, anyone who engages with my teachings and then applies it is wise. He carries on. He says, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. I don't know about you, but I'd love to be found in that first category. I really would. I'd, I'd love to be found in the wise, in, in the group that engaged and applied. He talks about us building on, on bedrock. And this bedrock is, is what we mentioned earlier, it's stable. We need to be building on something that is stable. We need to be building on truth. We need to be building on Christ himself. And it's, it's when, we, when we build on the truth of who God is and when we when we engaging and applying, then ultimately, it doesn't matter what life throws our way. Isn't that the truth? It doesn't matter what comes our way. You see, when we haven't built on truth, when we haven't built on the reality of who God is, then the smallest little thing can come our way and we end up just, what did it say? Collapse with a mighty crash. Uh, we see this so much today in life. Isn't that so? We see it so much today in life. People who wear a Jesus t-shirt or, or just maybe there's no connection with, with God whatsoever. Just daily lives we, we see folks functioning and the smallest little things will come along. And that whole life is in disarray. That whole life just comes crashing down. Why? Because there's no foundation. There's no stability. It was, it was Paul, the Apostle Paul, who, who wasn't a Jesus follower. He was actually persecuting Christians. And, and it, was, it was after he engaged with the truth, after he had an encounter with Jesus, and then started applying everything that he, that he was learning about Jesus. That he came to this conclusion in, in 1 Corinthians 3.11. He pretty much just came right down to it and he says, we shouldn't be building on anything 
but the foundation of Jesus Christ in our lives. So today, folks, how's your relationship with truth? How's your relationship with truth this morning? Do we, do we twist the truth? Do we twist it and, and shape it to, to suit our circumstances? And you don't have to answer that out loud. Just like within your own heart right now. Just Do we twist and, and, and shape the truth to suit our circumstances? So I wake up and, and, and maybe I've given someone my word that I'm going to do something. And then... And then I said it when things were going pretty good and then things changed slightly. And I've made this commitment and, and somehow I feel like it's okay for me, to, for me to not follow through. So I just twist and, and shape that truth to suit, to suit my circumstances. I believe Jesus spoke about this as, as building on sand. See, because if, 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 if the truth that we're coming from is the truth of who Christ is, then he's stable, he's firm. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are around me, that doesn't change. It says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if we really are followers of Christ, then his truth should be that in our lives. That no matter what the circumstances are, when I've made a commitment, I need to stick to it. I need to follow through on it. Why? Because I've given my word. I've given my word. And it's in these moments that, that our relationship with the truth can get very selective. And ultimately, people, people end up not being able to trust us. And when we speak, people can't actually take us seriously. And then something absolutely horrible happens. We lose our authority. We lose our authority. People don't take us for real. We, we, we lose the opportunity to speak into people's lives. We lose the opportunity to, to really have the truth of who Christ is. Come and speak into the lives of men and women around us. Because we've grown distant from that truth. This morning, what's our relationship with truth? Maybe your relationship with truth is that you listen and follow. Maybe your relationship with truth is that you engage and you apply. And that that's really your heart's desire, is for the reality of Christ to be seen in your life on a daily basis. The truth of who He is. To really be found within your person. So maybe you do, maybe, maybe you're engaging with his truth, with his word on a, on a, on a daily basis, engaging with his Holy Spirit, in, engaging and seeing how did Jesus do this, how do I live this out, out, how do I live out this truth, how do I live out the truth in my daily life. And not just leave it hanging, but then take that and go and apply it into the different areas of life. 
folks and when we live in the space where we engage with the truth and apply it that is when we are building on bedrock that is when we are building on something stable on a firm foundation remember that story that jesus told about the the wind and the waves and the 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 wise and the and the foolish at the end of that he he Matthew captures it this way. It says in verse 28 of Matthew 7, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. Quite unlike their teachers of religious law. And when I read that, I mean, I've, I've even preached on just that specific piece of scripture a couple of times. But this time around, when I read that specific piece of scripture, this is what came to mind. And I really just felt like, like it was the Holy Spirit quickening this in my heart. I felt like he was saying to me that when we engage, when we become listeners and followers, when we engage and apply, then, then God comes and does something in our lives. God comes and unlocks an authority that is uncommon it unlocks an authority that is uncommon (coughs) excuse me so all of a sudden as i am reading god's word engaging with his holy spirit and really just engaging with his truth for my life and for life and i apply these things to my daily life day in and day out and I build up that consistency in that moment it's like God releases this authority within our lives that within our marriages people start to look at our marriages and go you know what there there's something very uncommon about that marriage there's something worth investigating in that marriage. There's, uh, like, love, you and I, we should, we should go and spend time. We should try and spend time with this couple because I just feel like, like they've got something to say about marriage. Like there's something worth imitating. There's something worth copying. There's something worth going and finding out what's going on there. <clears throat> when we do this in raising our kids, and folks, that is a tough gig i'm finding out more and more and and i don't even have a teenager god bless you who do but i believe that 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 as we as we engage with god regarding raising our kids and start applying the truths that he's placed in our lives that he's that he's that he's shown us and as we start applying this to raising our kids, the same thing, I believe he unlocks this authority when it comes to raising our kids that again, other parents look at it and go, I don't know how they do it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like they might not be perfect, but good grief, look at, just look at how their kids respond. Look at how well behaved they, and like mom and dad still love each other and they've got these kids. It's a miracle. And it's like God unlocks this authority in our lives where parents are drawn to our superior parenting skills. No, to the Jesus in the moment, to his authority in that moment.
in our workplace, as we engage with Him and, and apply these things, then in our workplace He comes and He, he releases this authority where people who are far more educated and have far bigger paychecks recognize something in our lives and go, hey, I'm a bit stumped here. I'm going to go ask this person. Imagine that. Imagine that in your workplace. Imagine that in, 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 in the way that we raise our kids. Imagine that was said about our marriages and our relationships. You see, folks, I believe that the reason why, we, why for the most part, the church, not just this church, the church, isn't looked at like that is because because we've 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 heard but we haven't applied and 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 so often we we live in these spaces where where we go and engage with god's word to appease a feeling inside of us and then once we've dealt with this little feeling inside of us we just carry on as normal i said it a couple weeks ago we become believers who don't believe and and followers who don't really follow but I believe that God is, 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 is calling us and asking us and, 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 and wants to engage with us to not just engage with Him, but to engage and apply His truth for our lives that it can spread into our communities and into the lives around us. Worship teams, welcome to come back. Folks, today, what are we building on? What are we building on? Have we just kind of haphazardly just been throwing bricks there, hoping for the best? Just hoping that there's going to be some form of structure that, that, that we can just make it to the end. <laughs> just want to survive, man. It's not in my notes, but it reminds me of a, of, a, of a quote by the author Mark Batterson where he says, Stop living as if the whole purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Hey, start living for a purpose that is destined to fail without divine intervention. I believe that that purpose isn't going and digging wells somewhere. Maybe for you it is. But I believe that that purpose can be lived out in the marketplace. I believe that that purpose can be, can be lived out in our homes. I believe that that, that that purpose can be lived out in our social settings. How do we do that? We live out His truth. We live from, from Him as the source of truth for our lives. Do we have that stability of Christ evident in our lives? As a result, do we carry that authority in all areas of our lives or, or in those specific areas of our lives? See, folks, even if we look at the other relationships that we have in our lives, if we really desire healthy relationships within our lives, then the first relationship we have to work on is our relationship with truth first relationship that we have to work on is our relationship with Jesus. Do we engage with the truth? 
Do we engage with the life of Christ? Do we look at what he said? Do we look at what he did? Do we look at, at the way that he lived, the way that he treated people, the way that he behaved? I wonder what Jesus would have looked like in a voting queue. And I, I'm not picking on anyone because I never saw any of you in the queues. So we're safe there. But I'd love to know. <laughs> I think by the time he voted, it would have been a party. I, that's just me. I honestly believe that. Like he would have got snacks, would have been hanging out with people, being visiting. Like people would have been forgotten that they were voting, man. They were like, dude, what party? Are you? I would have voted for you. I firmly believe that. Do we engage with the life of Christ in a way that is real? Do we engage with the, with the truth of who he is? Not as some storybook figure, but as the reality of Christ, flesh and blood, God here on earth with us. Emmanuel. Do we engage with the reality of who he is and then take that and live it out on a daily basis? And then have his authority follow. You see, I'm not making that up. Paul said, be imitators of Christ. Be imitators of Christ. Jesus himself said in Matthew 28, he said, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you go. It's like you, you take that authority and go and be like me. Go and make disciples. That's his heart for us. That's his heart for us. Maybe this is an area that you've really struggled with. And this morning, I'm not going to ask anyone to stand. I want to give us just a practical, a practical exercise to do in this week to come. It's this. And I, I even want to pray this over you, that, that God makes you absolutely, insanely in tune with what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of my mouth? What's the confession of your mouth? What, what keeps coming out? Oh, I can't. This marriage will never. This job is just too much. What comes out of our mouths? Is it negative? Is it consistently negative? You see, Jesus said this in Luke 6. He said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In today's language, he said, what you say flows from what is in your heart. Folks, what's in our hearts? We engage with the truth if we applied the truth and therefore our hearts speak of the truth of who he is. Or do our hearts just regurgitate the other stuff that we've been putting in? Maybe that's you today. And if that is, I'd love to just pray a prayer with you. I'd love to pray a prayer over you, but at the same time, if that's you, I'd love for you to pray that prayer with me I'm going to read you the prayer and once I've read you the prayer if, if that is what you desire for your life then I'm going to ask for you to 
Pray that with me straight after this. The prayer is very simple. It's just this. May the thoughts of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. May this life reflect the truth. May this life reflect Jesus. Simple prayer. If that's you today, I'm going to ask that we just, right there, just in your seat, if you'd like to pray this prayer, to just pray it with me. Father God, may the thoughts of my heart, may the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. May this life reflect the truth. May this life reflect you, Jesus. Father God, as men and women have just prayed a very honest prayer. Lord, I thank you that this week you will make us so aware of what comes out of our mouths, Lord. Lord, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, I'm not lost to the fact that, that we're in election season and that there's a lot of negativity more than normal. But Lord, I, I, I pray, Lord, Lord, that we will so engage with your truth, Lord, that we won't sculpt it to our circumstances or restructure it to our circumstances. But Father God, that we will trust you for you, that we will engage with your truth, that we will apply it wholeheartedly, Father. Lord, that, that, that the abundance of our hearts will speak of your goodness, will speak of the truth of who you are, day in, day out. Lord, that our relationship with truth will be something worth following. Lord, that our relationship with Jesus will be something worth imitating. Lord, as men and women have just prayed this prayer, Lord, I thank you that this week you'll just remind them constantly, not just of this prayer, Lord, but of the truth of who you are as they engage with you, as we engage with you and really come and find your heart come and find your truth for our lives lord i want to repeat this one last time may the thoughts of my heart jesus and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you may this life reflect truth and may this life reflect you jesus we pray this all in jesus name amen Amen. Thank you for being with us today. It was so good having you. Mothers, please don't forget, if you didn't get your Mother's Day gift, right at the info desk, we've got a little gift for you. We've also got hot chocolate for you. Beyond that, hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy your Mother's Day. Spoil your mothers, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.